0: Sarah, before we get going, I wanted to give you some space to address an issue you've had with some of our past episodes.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate that. I think it's important for everyone to know. It's pronounced rolling. Rolling like bowling. Rolling (laughs) like (laughs) rowing down a river. Rolling. Thank you.
0: Hi, welcome to Ruin My Life, a podcast about forcing your friends to like the things you like. I'm Jason Edwards.
2: I'm Kelsey Goldman.
0: With us is our, are you, who, who, what else can you say about this guest? This executive is a very special producer. guest, executive producer, host in her own right, Sarah Shepard, ladies and gentlemen. Noted wife. Noted, noted wife. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Thank pro- you. Pleasure to be here.
0: Young professional. Well, not that young.
1: Ouch. <laughs> 30 is the new 20. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Wow, and you're way too young for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works, right?
3: Yeah, Because yeah. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm 29, so you're, you've rolled back over to 20. Yeah. I'm still like some creepy, like, hey. <laughs> I can rent a car for us to drive in somewhere. Gross. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this is a podcast, as I said, about sharing things with people, pop culture, typically, experiences, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. And this is the seventh part of our ongoing seven part maxi limited special event series journey through the world of harry potter it's true the seven books of harry potter
2: this is book seven this
0: is book seven harry potter and the deathly hallows
2: hello 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 hello, <laughs> hello. Hallows.
0: and this is this this is it
2: this is it folks
0: this is the last book in the series
2: yep
0: and the last bit of a uh, uh, harry potter content jk rowling ever produced <laughs> Um, she has not revisited the franchise since this no and uh, you know we all wish there was more but in a way it's sort of you know this is perfect as it is yeah anything else that was added to it might you know detract from it or there
1: are 36 chapters and yeah that's and it those 36 chapters are the perfect way to end it I like that she's moved on to detective mysteries yeah. outside the world of magic that's Honestly, great
2: really love the strike series into yeah. it I like the Robert Gilbert stuff yeah it's fun
0: and I love that she stuck with literature like writing books, that's what she's good at. That's yeah. what her calling is. Just books. Anything else, even to step, a, you know, to stick a toe into another world would be ridiculous.
2: So ridiculous.
3: Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, truly.
0: Oh. Oh, God. Oh, no.
3: <laughs> so sad.
0: <laughs> so, Sarah, yeah. this, is, this is somehow your first appearance on this Harry Potter series. Even though have had a lot of friends. Even though your love of Harry Potter is one of the, you know, w- one of the first things I knew about you probably when we first met back in high school. For certain. Um, so you you have you you are you 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 pushed me to read these books for many years, and then sort of backed off on it after the last movie came out. What was it like to watch me go through this all now?
1: It was wonderful. <laughs> it was so great. Like y'all, I've known I've been dating Jason for twelve years. I've known him for thirteen or fourteen, depending on who you ask. And it's all I've ever wanted for Jason to read these books. So it's been so great because I'll like come home and Jason will be lying on the couch reading a book and he'll be like, oh man, that friend George, they crack me up. I just can't (laughs) believe the stuff they say. Like, just made me so happy. Or you would start ranting about something that I have literally spent years ranting about with people. Dissecting. The fact (laughs) that all of our parties now have turned into discussions of Harry Potter, usually around whatever point in the book series you are. (laughs) It's been magical.
0: I agree. It's been great. The one bad part has been when I like there's stuff I don't know about the ending. People are always like, "Mm, "I just wait and see, Jason." (laughs) I'm like, "Come on, man! I'm trying." (laughs) You're done now. now. I'm done. I'm done. You can't. I'm. I'm. I'm there. I've got more. I've got more Harry Potter knowledge than one of the people at this table right now. I've seen more. 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 To step outside of our bubble of uh, the nice fantasy world we've created. I've seen. A Harry Potter movie that you have not seen, Kelsey. It's true, it's true. Or a Wizarding World movie, I should yeah. say.
1: Yeah, let's be specific. There's no Harry Potter in this most recent adventure we yeah.
0: took. We're not going to get into that, though. That's a, that's a whole other beast, another fantastic beast to oh, be gosh. tackled at some point. Uh, instead, Sarah, let's focus on you.
3: Yeah. Uh,
0: you know, as, is, as we do on these episodes, do you want to tell us a little bit about your experience with the Harry Potter series and, and the fandom thereof?
1: Simply put, I was obsessed for a good seven or eight years. I It was literally every facet of my life. All I did when I got home from school was read fan fiction or reread the Harry Potter books or listen to the audio books. Every time we got an independent art project at school, mine would be harry potter art to some degree (laughs) i owned like every harry potter calendar you could own one of them i cut up into pieces and turned into an epic collage (laughs) that was like for an art project for school that i then like displayed in my bedroom until i left for college (laughs) um i love you so
3: much
1: (laughs) (laughs) i was obsessed and it's fortunate that i was able to become obsessed because when the books first came out they were at a school book fair, and everyone was talking about them, and I ran in some, some nerdy circles.
2: I love that scholastic book fair. Right?
1: Oh. I miss it. We need one for adults that comes to offices. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, never mind. Pitch
3: time is this new
1: business we're creating. TM, TM, TM. TM, TM, TM. No one steal that. Um,
0: Yo, cut this out. We got to cut this out.
1: <laughs> so... um My friends were all telling me to read it, but at the same time, the church I went to was telling all the parents that it's witchcraft, and you shouldn't read it, or if you feel like you want to make the choice for yourself, you should read it first before your child does. So, and this was like when Harry Potter 1, like, first came out. Like,
2: 1987.
1: And my mom got a copy, and what I learned was she read it, and she didn't think I should read it. Oh, no. And I was really upset, but eventually the movies started coming out and my friends were all watching the movies and i was watching it sleepover i watched the first movie before i read the books and i was Same. like i was like mom i don't care what you say i'm going to read these books is essentially how it went down and later i discovered my mom fell asleep in chapter 2 never finished the book and just didn't want me to read it
2: i feel like your mom and stephanie's mom should have a chat <laughs> cuz i think like it was a very similar
1: Yeah, my mom experienced. My mom was essentially like, I was bored, so I didn't see the point in you reading it. It's a children's book, Debbie.
3: (laughs) Of course, you're bored. It's not
1: for you, though. I do think it's for everyone, so uh, I disagree. But like with myself, yeah. (laughs) But uh, but anyway, I did read it. I didn't read it until after the fourth book was out, and I read them all so fast. Same. And I did not have much of a long summer. Because it was only a year out from the fifth book by the time that I read one through four. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I got to like dive in headfirst. As far as midnight showings are concerned, when the fifth book came – or midnight showings, midnight releases. When the fifth book came out, I was so excited. And then there was a water leak in our house (gasps) and I drank bad water. Oh, no. And I was violently ill for two days. And that included – yeah <laughs> like literally i just drank a big glass of water and my dad ran into the house and said don't drink the water <laughs> oh no and i was like why i just wanted to get my harry potter book. um so i my dad was nice enough to like go out and get it for me oh. and then while i was violently ill i read the fifth book i did get to dress up for the sixth one and i dressed up as luna lovegood oh at the same midnight release that uh Dear friend Morgan spoiled it for people. I was already gone by the time Morgan did that, though. Thank God. Um, <laughs> and then the when the last book came out it was senior year of high school, and Jason and I hung out and played Mario Party?
3: hmm mm-hmm.
1: Played Mario Party till midnight, swung by the Walmart, grabbed a copy, and then hung Still out a little fun. bit more.
0: Very low-key, especially compared to your, your first two midnight releases.
1: <laughs> what can I say? I was a teenager in love. I had different priorities.
0: Mario Party 5. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, I'm trying to think of all my favorite Harry Potter anecdotes that over the course of this podcast series I wanted to talk about. (laughs) um, I will say when I read the sixth book, I got to the climax with Dumbledore and I was at church camp and they made me stop reading to <gasps> participate in a group activity in the dark, oh. which first of all, when you literally stop in the middle of the scene where Harry's about to be killed by water zombies and then you've got to spend two hours crawling around in the dark oh! in an epic game of capture the flag. Um, and all you can think about is the water zombies <laughs> and what's gonna happen to Harry and Dumbledore. It's very stressful.
2: It's very stressful.
1: So thanks church camp. <laughs>
2: Getting the um the seventh book for me, I was at a pre college program at uh, RISD in Providence, Rhode Island, and we had a like we were living in the dorms and we had a curfew and our curfew started at midnight and ended at five a.m. and my RA was like a huge fan too and was trying to get like a a sanctioned outing for us all to go to to Barnes and Noble at um at midnight to the release party but they wouldn't approve it so the day before like we went to the Barnes and Noble we're like are you guys gonna stay open all night. Are you going to, like, you know, are you going to stay open all night? And then we can just come when our curfew ends. Um, So we have the book as soon as we can. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we're going to stay open all night. And so we got up super early. My friend Lauren had uh, sprained her ankle the day before. And we, like, she hobbled down there with us. We go into the big mall in Providence. So we're like, the mall itself is open because, like, old people like to walk around and exercise (laughs) in the morning. I don't know. So we're at least inside. But we, like, get to the Barnes & Noble, and it's not open. And, like... Lauren is Lauren is like, I can't walk back up the hill because there's this huge hill in Providence and it's terrible. I'm not she's like, I'm not walking back up that hill without that book. <laughs> <laughs> so I was literally me and her and our friend Bean and we just literally sat on the floor of the mall outside the Barnes and Noble for like five hours <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> until they opened. But yeah, and then I spent the entire rest of the day in like locked in our common room area reading this book. Oh, so in that day we someone was walking around the the day after it came out basically at midnight. Um, someone was walking around the um the cafeteria, the like main dining hall with a shirt that listed everyone, like all the characters who died on it. What a dick. Right. And someone told us that we're like, We're not going out, we're not going out so we can finish <laughs> yeah. the book. We're not leaving.
3: <laughs>
0: Campus was like on lockdown.
2: <laughs> someone someone get us food. We're gonna be fine. Someone is a huge, huge dick. Yeah.
0: We have an active dickhead on the campus. <laughs>
2: active dickhead. Oh my gosh. It was a, it was kind of a weird experience, but like I I like really bonded because I was at RISD for like six weeks and I really bonded with like the people I was there with for like deeply for over those like three total days of like the the night before and the and then getting the book and then the reading the book. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Sarah, what's your Hogwarts house? Well, this is apparently controversial. Oh gosh! I think my Hogwarts house is Ravenclaw, but apparently you two think it's Slytherin.
2: <laughs> I think you know you can self-identify. I think if you think you're Ravenclaw, then you're Ravenclaw. I think you have some Slytherin tendencies, but not in a bad
1: I way. I just think I'm such a nerd and such a corrector, and those things right. are just so Ravenclaw. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm.
0: I would have said Ravenclaw before I read this book, and found out that the Ravenclaws are like so fucking annoying i'm ravenclaw <laughs> well get over yourself <laughs> no wit beyond measure is man's greatest treasure <laughs> i'd rather be in the evil house
1: <laughs> and that's why you want to put me in slither
0: yes because i love you oh like i love draco sure just like i love draco <laughs>
1: ouch in the, sa- in the same way i don't i good for me bad for Draco. did we ever decide what your house was
0: Hufflepuff uh, through and through. Hufflepuff, yeah, pretty, pretty sure. Pretty sure. But sure. so no. Sarah disagrees.
1: I mean, I think you've got dashes of Gryffindor.
0: Mm, well, you know the hat. The hat takes choice into account. It
1: does. Yeah, but you would sit down and be like, "I want to be in Hufflepuff."
3: <laughs> you absolutely <laughs> would. The There's
1: no way you would house. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, <laughs>
0: it's the only like non-like. You'd be like, the... "Oh, it's the
1: e- egalitarian kind <laughs> house." Yeah. yeah.
0: It's the only house that's, that's like the, the founder wasn't a crazy racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs>
1: So with that. With that.
0: with that, Sarah, I believe you prepared some, some summaries for us.
1: Well, after David did that amazing chapter summary, I feel like I had to do it too. Mm-hmm. I will say some of mine are not as short as his, oh. but in my defense, some of these chapters are very heavily loaded with plot <laughs> between chapters that have absolutely nothing <laughs> in them.
0: <laughs> well, you, what are you talking about? You're saying we could just skip the ghoul in pajamas and the book would not be worse off?
1: I'm saying absolutely that, yes the two th- important things in that chapter could have been put in other chapters and we could have just nix that one. Like the
0: fact that there's a ghoul in pajamas? Yes.
1: I mean, we, there, there was some editing that could have happened in this yeah. book. I'm assuming the editor for the seventh book was like, I'm going to look for typos. Otherwise. <laughs> just,
0: just threw their hands up like, hey, listen, JK, you'd you, you t- you take this one home for us. Yeah. You can really feel like when Harriet first shows up in this book, like she's really... She's really writing this one. Yeah. She's really taking her time on some of these, these chapters.
1: Epigraph. Oh, <laughs> this is a serious book. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter one. Snape's coworker is murdered in front of him, and he's pretty chill about it. Chapter two. Rita Skeeter's back with the hot Dumbledore goss, and Harry <laughs> finds he broke a mirror, thus explaining his past seven years of bad luck. Oh. <laughs> Chapter three. Kingsley Shacklebolt is a confirmed thirst trap. And we get the backdoor pilot for a Dursley spinoff. <laughs> Chapter four. We lose Hedwig and all of Harry's friends know what his dick looks like.
2: <laughs> I mean, that I feel like that does need to be discussed.
0: <laughs> yeah, they do all see him naked because yeah. they all turn into him while he's naked.
3: Oh, poor Harry. And Harry's
0: kind of like, I don't feel great about this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, it's all getting naked right now. <laughs>
2: yeah it's
1: weird it's
2: weird it's weird oh i didn't even think about that (laughs) harry did i feel bad for him (laughs) i mean yeah
0: i mean you know no complaints let's just say that
2: (laughs) no jokes made at his
1: expense no (laughs) do you know what harry's dick looks like
0: all i'm saying is you know you don't hear any complaints in that chapter
1: (laughs) okay well at least jenny wasn't there (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay she probably knows
2: (laughs)
0: You think they made out
1: that hard at the end of the sixth book? Maybe.
2: There's a lot we don't see about their relationship. That's true.
0: That's true. All those those stolen moments.
1: That's true. There were a lot of stolen moments. (laughs) Uh, Chapter five. We lose Mad-Eye Moody and anxiously count Weasleys and their assorted body parts.
3: (laughs) Uh,
0: That hurt. hurt.
3: Uh. Yeah.
1: Chapter six. Harry, Ron, and Hermione formally drop out of school. (laughs) Chapter 7, Dumbledore's will is read and suddenly everything is clear. Nah, JK, he's as inscrutable as ever. Chapter 8, it's a veritable plot explosion. Mysterious symbols, Dumbledore's backstory, Harry's new alter ego, Barney, dead ministers.
0: (laughs) Barney Weasley? Oh
2: yeah, the minister's dead.
1: Yeah. Chapter 9, Hermione saves their butts again and Harry fakes IBS to see what Voldemort is up to. (laughs) Chapter 10, that feeling when you lose a piece of jewelry two years ago and forgot about it until you realize the Dark Lord's soul is in it. Chapter 11, Harry and Hermione try waterboarding and Lupin has a midlife crisis. I'm gonna speak to this here. It (laughs) did not hit me until I read this book again. Harry and Hermione waterboard Mundungus (laughs) Fletcher. Like they Bush era torture Mundungus Fletcher.
0: Look, so are you saying if there was a there was a ticking clock and there was a bomb about to go off and you could save wizard lives by torturing Mundungus Fletcher, you wouldn't do it?
1: But there was no ticking bomb.
0: <laughs> but I'm saying if there was, though, if there was.
1: I just I was baffled by the fact that wait like wait they waterproof wait, wait, wait what? Uh, chapter twelve: Creature Uncle Tom's real hard, oh. and the teens assault a bunch of adults and break into the ministry. Again.
0: <laughs> this I, I wanna say this has a, this chapter has a great scene where they they um, I forget which character it is, but they, they make that one guy throw up a lot. <laughs> and maybe it's owing to again Jim Dale's fantastic reading of it in the audiobook. Yeah. But they're still like, like they, they they poison this guy or curse him or whatever, and he immediately is like vomiting his guts out everywhere. <laughs> and they're still like, Oh, sorry sir, can we get you any help? And he just doubled over, vomiting like, <laughs> and, like all over the street, like <laughs> They're like, oh, no, come on, sit down. You're not doing so... Ah!" (laughs) (laughs) Like, no one's acknowledging, like, how close they are coming to killing this guy.
1: Chapter 13. The wizards who insure the ministry breathe a sigh of relief when Harry's latest visit ends with him stealing a locket and an eyeball instead of destroying every prophecy ever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he wiped out a whole department in book five. Yeah,
1: I want to
2: know David Howald's thoughts on wizard insurance. David? Yeah. David, comment on this. David. Yeah. David, please, please enlighten me next time I see you. Right in, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right. No, actually,
1: please, David, write in. We'll have a letter reading segment next podcast. Yes. <laughs> Chapter 14. We see the unfunny side of splinching, and camping gets old really fast. Oh, and Dean Thomas says hi. Oh,
2: Dean Thomas.
1: Chapter 15. Ron isn't Ron when he's hungry. <laughs> Should have had a Snickers. Eat a Snickers, Ron.
0: Mm. Could have had a V eight too, <laughs> by the way.
2: I, I mean, that whole thing is because someone has is there is the locket and yeah, the, and the like sort of like Dementor esque qualities of it. And I just want to bring up that no one has to wear it.
1: Yeah, no, they no.
2: just choose to do
1: that, and, which is so stupid. Well, it's clearly like it's ripping off Lord of the Rings well, at dang. the base level, but the difference that... in Lord of the Rings is that. The ring wants to be worn, and it's calling out to you, and it comes with all this alluring power and strength and all this stuff, which is why, like, Frodo is so attached to it in a fucked up way. That doesn't work for this. Right. Because in this, it's just – it's an evil locket.
2: And you could make the argument that, like, Harry has that weird attraction to it because, like, there's a – like he souls. shares a soul Meeting with souls. it in yeah. some ways, <laughs> but like there's no reason, there's just no reason for them to wear it. Like even when they get the cup later, Ron's like, "Oh, no one can wear this one."
0: And didn't you do to your to your point earlier? You mentioned earlier they, later on in the book they take it off. They take it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just leave it on a chair for like a day.
2: Yeah. It's like no one has to wear it when they're sleeping. Like I understand, like if they're traveling, if they're moving, like. But also,
1: Hermione always has that bag on her. Just put it in, the put it bag. in the bag. <laughs> oh, no, none of that makes sense. <laughs> I think that was J.K. trying to force a thing, which she never does. Never.
0: She was trying to do a Lord of the Rings homage with this whole book, and some parts of it work better than other parts. Let's let's, let's say.
1: Yeah. Anyway. Chapter 16 Harry and Hermione completely risk their safety and security by leaving mysterious footprints in the snow and leaving flowers on
2: graves. (laughs) I thought they got rid of the footprints.
1: I mean, kind of, but it's poor. Like, it is snowing really hard. Mm -hmm. It's Christmas. There are people everywhere. And also, if you glance over the graveyard, look at these flowers that just appear out of thin air and are suddenly on these graves.
0: No, they're like like polyjuiced into an old muggle couple, right? They're they're, they're walking around like. As like different people, they're not just invisible cloaked, are they? Yeah,
2: they oh. they were under the cloak and Polyjuice.
0: Okay. So Hermione, Hermione even mm-hmm. says like if someone sees this right now, they're just gonna see two old people who just yeah. But this putting
1: wave. putting the flowers in the potter's gr- like it's all just it's a bad idea. They should not well, have gone if, to Godric's Hollow. If,
0: if someone had set a trap at Godric's Hollow for them, yes, it would have been a bad <laughs> idea. Well,
1: let's look at this next chapter then, shall we? <laughs>
0: Oh, the weirdest thing that happens in any of these books?
1: Chapter 17, Nagini wears another woman's skin while Harry flashes back to the (laughs) night his parents died from Voldemort's point of view, and I get really sad. (laughs) Another woman's skin. That's important. Yes. That's
2: important.
0: Uh, Not not for our purposes, but it is important to note. um, (laughs) But yes, this is a scene where Nagini, the snake, who is... A woman. Well, no, no, no. We're not getting into that. that, That's that's for a different (laughs) podcast. Nagini, who... It's just a, basically a normal snake. Like, a big, strong snake, yes, but Nigini's not a snake that can fly or do magic or, you know, just a snake.
2: Well, she's a snake with a piece of Voldemort's soul in her.
0: Yeah, but that doesn't give her, like, she doesn't do stuff throughout the books. She are, can't
1: like, contort into a human skin yes, and then right. walk yes. it around like what? a person. Yeah. <laughs> this is
0: this is the weirdest thing. This is an actual dead person who it seems like it's actually her dead body or skin. Yeah. yeah. The Nagini the snake is just up Inhabiting. in and walking around as if she's a person. How does that work? I don't know. Are, are Nagini's like is so Nagini's body like coiled in such a way to, to like like fill in the legs? Well, you know, down the one arms. leg, yeah,
1: down and then bend down the other, and then she up got, like, into a dead the arm. Arms. Just got a dead arm, and, and one one and then, arm is, is
0: the head. And, and then the Nagini looks at the camera and winks, and then pulls the the face over <laughs> her own face. And
1: it's most horrifying thing ever. Yeah, that.
3: Uh.
0: Also, I gotta say, Voldemort's playing like Nagini. Here, I've got an idea, <laughs> a great idea. Here, slip into this. <laughs> And just hang around this town until harry potter shows up <laughs> and then just hold him there
1: Ugh. um are you ready i guess Voldemort yes. could have like
2: magicked her into the, into the Bag. well he so could
1: obviously. have also just he could have just magicked them into her house like you're not telling you're telling me there's no magic for when they do go to her house because they obviously would yeah that you you don't just trap them in there once they're there you would right? Like, set up some alarms. If you're able to set up an alarm for your name, I Uh, think you should be able to set some trip alarms in Godric's Hollow.
0: Or you could have put, like, an actual human Death Eater
1: there. (laughs) Any who (laughs) could have been in a Bethilda polyjuice potion. Yeah. Yeah, there are so many better options than what they did. I mean, history shows
2: that the human Death Eaters don't really... do as well as Nagini at following That's true. directions. <laughs> That's also, true.
0: Nagini is the most capable member. <laughs> she's of extremely obedient.
2: Team. It's true. Yeah. I always thought she was kind of like a familiar. Like she's not really like a normal snake, but she's not like a.
1: Yeah, she's yeah. a snake with a dude's soul inside her. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but like, there's not a scene where like like Harry get, like gets Hedwig up in like some like a, like a dead dog's body <laughs> and makes Hedwig like flap it around for like to just. Well, Harry's do also not evil. True. <laughs>
1: Are we we ready? I'm ready, Christine. Chapter 18. You know when you're on a trip with your friends or your family and you hit that point where everyone's annoyed with each other and you just need some time apart? Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Chapter 19. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Chapter 19. Ron's back, a horcrux is destroyed, and the gang doesn't spend any time questioning how the sword of Gryffindor ended up in their possession. Right. Oh. Like, literally, they let one Patronus and a sword in a lake be enough for them. No further thought necessary. Like,
2: just, you know, don't take swords from strange women lying in ponds. Didn't Monty Python teach us anything?
1: Yeah, (laughs) apparently not. (laughs) Chapter 20, Voldemort's turned his name into a a nationwide game of taboo. (laughs) Chapter 21, Luna Lovegood is all of us when we were in middle school. Oh, and Xenophilius Lovegood explains the title of the book. <laughs> Chapter 22, Harry is really bad at taboo. Like, really bad. <laughs> Chapter 23, Mr. Potter, I don't feel so good.
2: Oh. That's so upsetting. That's sad.
1: <laughs> I'm really proud of that one. <laughs> I thought about trying to do a Dobby voice, and I was like, I can't do it. It's not going to happen. Chapter 24, lucky for Harry, Ron, and Hermione, the snatchers of chapter 22 were really bad at patting them down, so they have all the things they need for the plot to continue. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is a thing for me. Like, I'm the kind of person who pays a lot of attention to where people's possessions are in stories. I know this about well, th- you. But
0: this is the book for you, though, because <laughs> yes. this is, like, how the whole thing, well, like, 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 plays out is because of who has who also, right here. Also, she says
1: that she keeps
2: her beaded bag because she stuffs it into her sock, and I'm like, how big are your fucking socks, girl? How well, small is <laughs> the
1: beaded bag? Mm-hmm. I literally put in my notes, JK knew there would be people like me being like, wait, how did they keep the bag? Mm-hmm harry still had his pouch ron still had the deluminator like did they literally just take the wands and nothing else because if that were the case if i were in that wizarding world i would have a gun on me <laughs> this is what I, did i not say this or did i say this to someone recently like the,
2: no one ever attempts to use, like, muggle means to do anything because yeah. was so stupid. But, like, we
1: could have just shot Voldemort. Yeah, but seriously, like, <laughs> if I were in that situation, knowing they would just take my wand and they wouldn't think about any other weapons I might have, I would have a gun on me and just knife, shoot them. A knife, a sword?
2: Well, I guess they did have a sword. Yeah.
1: But, like, it's literally
2: just, like, God, these people bow. are bad. I um. mean, I think it does track that the Snatchers are, like, kind of stupid like that and they would assume that there aren't any other... Like, I think that follows with, like, people who are, like, obsessed with blood purity wouldn't think that there was any other thing that they needed to take mm-hmm. from a wizard to disable them. Yeah.
1: It actually baffled me Hermione didn't have a gun, but...
0: <laughs> God, if Hermione shot Voldemort... Baltimore... <laughs> oh, man. L- legend.
1: Oh, I got a one-shot fanfic in my future. <laughs> 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 Her-
2: Hermione shoots Voldemort. <laughs>
0: Also, no. I just wanted to take one more note right here before, before we move on, that this is the chapter where Peter Pettigrew dies, and it is so underwhelming.
2: Yeah, the payoff's not great.
0: Which, which is messed up, because when I was like, at the end of book three, and I was like, man, Harry really fucked up by letting Peter Pettigrew live. You all were like, Did he? though? Deep magic? Oh. Dumbledore said, deep magic, they're connected now, he owes my life debt. And I was like, oh, well, I guess maybe it's going to be a big deal later on. no. No, they're not. Harry and Ron aren't even really in that much danger. Yeah.
1: Can I can I tell you my alt for chapter 23? <laughs> Please. The silver hand represents a lack of payoff.
0: <laughs> oh, thanks, Lost. I, like,
2: I I. think I remember it being more dramatic than it was when I read it this
3: time. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. It's, it's very not dramatic. And it really, you can tell it's like, she threw that thing about Peter Pettigrew out there in book three, and then between books four and five, when she figured out how the series was going to end, she was like, oh, I got to fit this thing with the Peter Pettigrew in there somewhere. And she just couldn't find a place for it, mm-hmm. and just threw it in here as like a, a roadblock that has n- nothing to it whatsoever.
1: Like it doesn't help. Like I mean, no,
0: they were already leaving the the room. Pettigrew shows up for like one second, dies, <laughs> by his own hand. <laughs>
1: uh, And yeah. then
0: they just keep going on mm-hmm. out.
1: The end. the end. The end. Bye, Peter. <laughs> Moving on. Chapter 25, Lupin is a dad. I'm sure this won't have any ramifications later.
0: And he was just—he's just he's just two weeks away from retirement.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 26, Harry, Ron, and Hermione spend a full month concocting a scheme to break into Gringotts, and it falls apart almost immediately. <laughs> but they end up with the Horcrux and a free dragon, so all's well that ends well. That's true.
0: They plan- they do spend like a month on that plan, and it basically is like, we're going to crew show a bunch of people.
3: Yeah.
1: We're going to imperious a bunch mm. of people. Well, no, that wasn't the plan. The plan was that everyone was going to believe Hermione was Bellatrix, which obviously not.
0: No point in that the whole month where they're like, "Oh wait, we'd have her wand and they they know it's been stolen by us." Yeah. And no point.
1: No, because they for I guess they were like, "Well, I, I don't know. I think they forgot that obviously as Voldemort got more power, like these things would be known and I think they, be are aware so, of they are
2: so disconnected from, like, the greater wizarding world that they don't really understand what the...
1: Like, Voldemort's not keeping the same low profile he was yeah. in the other books. Like, it's that's over now. The ministry's fallen and, like, yeah. things are quickly escalating. Yeah. But also, just a side note about this chapter, there is a line that talks about, like, the dragon's tail and says that the dragon was knocking the goblins aside like Skittles. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wait, like, candy. Like, like, Skittles the candy? Like the American candy Skittles. And I looked up to see if like that was a British candy or a turn of phrase, but no, it's just the candy Skittles.
0: It's also not the sort of thing you think of as being knocked, knocked aside, aside necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. And you know you just know like JK was at here Was that. It's her, was knocked that her?
1: aside into my mouth.
0: JK was at the computer like 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 knocking them aside like like and her wonder... eyes fell upon a bag of Skittles <laughs>
1: she had I wonder next to her.
2: If the is the same in the British version. Because sometimes they change random things That's like true. that. Yeah.
1: Would it be a can like a thing that makes so much more sense in the UK? Maybe. And they replaced it with Skittles for um, American th- audiences. These books
0: are already full of wacky made up candies. They'd think we wouldn't know what like whatever like the awful fa- flavorless version of Skittles are in the UK. <laughs> Cromwell beans.
1: Uh, chapter 20. Oh, well,
0: I-, I got a mud flavor. <laughs>
1: Chapter twenty seven. Voldemort's onto their schemes. I tried to think of other things to say here, but that is literally it. He's onto
0: Voldemort's their schemes. Voldemort's onto
2: their schemes, and Harry's onto the fact that Harry knows that Voldemort knows. Yeah,
1: like that I is know just helpful. That you know <laughs> this entire I know. this entire chapter is like thirty seconds or less in the movie. Yeah, which is just no. Oh, why does that chapter happen anyway? Chapter twenty eight. You got some backstory that needs explaining. We got a Dumbledore for that.
2: I. <laughs> love i find this chapter we can come back and talk about this because i have a lot to say about yeah the dumbledores in general let's
3: put a pin in
1: that put a pin in it (laughs) we all love aberforth oh
2: same
1: uh chapter 29 the road movie harry ron and hermione are in finally intersects with the war movie that everyone else is in (laughs) oh i want that movie right Uh, Chapter 30, Harry's all-time greatest quip is wasted on an audience of two, but at least the Caros get what's coming to him and McGonagall is back.
2: Is it his all-time greatest quip or is it his second greatest quip of all time?
1: It's my favorite, which is (laughs) Harry pulled the cloak off himself, raised his wand, and said, you shouldn't have done that.
2: I have to say, I love it. It's good. I love it. I love that it's McGonagall that makes him take, that it's hurting McGonagall that makes him reveal himself because he's like, no, you don't do that. Yeah,
3: (laughs) it makes me so
1: happy.
2: It's not... There's no need to call me sir, professor.
3: <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> which, is, which is his greatest quip of all yeah, time. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> um, so second time, greatest quip. Though, well, well, I've got a thing to put a pin in from this chapter. Okay. Okay. It's about unforgivable forgivable curses. Yeah. Chapter 31. Ron and Hermione do not know when PDA is appropriate. <laughs> a convenient Horcrux destroying device appears to speed the plot. And no, I'm not okay. Fred Weasley is dead. Uh, oh. My heart hurts.
2: That was when I. That was like when I cried a ton. That oh, was when I
1: was like, I have a separate cry count. I'm keeping. <laughs> at, I will eventually share how many times I cried just reading it this time in particular. Um, chapter thirty two. Voldemort forces Nagini to murder Snape with her mouth.
0: <laughs> Therefore, making Nagini. Owner of the Elder Wand.
1: <laughs> we'll dig into that. No, one. no I Nick. mean, we'll...
0: We'll, 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 let's put a pin in it. Put a <laughs> pin put pin
1: in it. Uh, chapter thirty-three: Harry Potter is reunited with his favorite plot device, the pensive, where we learn how, <laughs> in the Wizarding world, creepy possessiveness is the same as love. Oh, and Remus and Tonks died because God forbid there's not an orphan child in Harry's future that he can share his damage with. Oh. Mm. Thirty-four.
0: Teddy Tonks is the real cursed child.
1: Yes. 34. Wouldn't that have been better though? Keep the secrets. Oh, I'm not keeping the secrets. I got some (laughs) rants to give. Uh, Chapter 34. Armed with immortality, Harry faces off against Voldemort and lets him have this one. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter 35. You thought because Dumbledore was dead, he wouldn't show up in the penultimate chapter to explain things? You were wrong. You were wrong. You
0: don't know You don't know Dumbledore. Dumbledore.
1: Chapter 36. Neville kills a problematic (laughs) retcon, Voldemort dies, and the good guys all lived happily ever after. And no more stories were told about these characters, specifically ones that start 19 years later. (laughs) That's the end. There's no more of the book. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. There's no more book after that.
0: There's no more after that?
1: Though I I do want to flag something right here that won't take long to discuss, I don't think. The beginning of this chapter starts with uh, It was Bellatrix's voice, and she spoke as if to a lover which was not something I gave any mind when I read this the first time, because Beltrix, she's crazy. But now it's disgusting because of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Well, now
0: it's accurate.
1: But here's the thing. This raises a question. Who is watching Beltrix and Voldemort's child during this battle? Because the child's already alive, right? Yes. Because Voldemort's about hey, to die, so the child hey, can't be hey alive folks, after.
0: Uh, spoiler warning for Harry Potter <laughs> and the Cursed Child.
1: Do you Literally wanna...
0: the the entire like final act of the well, play. Well, I did
1: say I wasn't gonna keep the secrets.
0: <laughs> we'll slap we'll slap a spoiler warning on this one, I guess.
1: Yeah, I want to know which lucky Death Eater got babysitting duty and didn't
0: have to be at the Battle of Hogwarts. No, because you're right, right? Because like she, they, she has already given birth to Voldemort's child, which they conceived when, when? exactly? <laughs> During book six, sometimes, sometimes Who knows how
1: he has working semen? How, how old... <laughs> well, we...
0: I don't... Again,
1: it's, it's mostly Harry's semen. <laughs> how old is oh, Voldemort's kid in the... Book? So I guess the other option is that Bellatrix is pregnant with her. Yeah. Here? I always got the impression yeah. that the kid wasn't that old, But no, though. that can't be either, because Bellatrix also dies. So the kid has to be alive. Has to be
2: alive, yeah.
0: Does Bellatrix die? Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Not my daughter, you bitch. Molly Weasley kills her.
0: Damn. Yeah. Molly is a murderer.
1: She is. She's badass murderer. <laughs>
0: okay, so yeah, so she has to have given birth before now. Yeah.
1: So who is watching this kid? Who's watching the kid?
0: And how and how relieved were they when they found out how this battle went? they
1: <laughs> like, we're like oh, this, I came out so easy. <laughs>
0: like you know when everyone went off like, hey, we're gonna go take Hogwarts. See you later, Ted. I get, sorry, Ted's <laughs> a real guy in this, books. <laughs> I can't use Ted's name. <laughs> See you later, Ralph. Ralph's like. Man, I don't want to watch out for this dumb old baby. And then he's like watching on a Wizard TV or whatever, and it's like, oh man, I really dodged a bullet. Oh, but now I got to take care of this kid. Record scratch sound. Down, 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 down. One man left alone after everything he knows has been lost. One baby. One crazy road trip.
1: Anyway, I had to get that ran out of my system because it made me... He was watching the baby? ...actually insane when I realized it.
2: We have to find out the kid's, like, actual name.
1: Yeah? The book's over there on the shelf. We could really...
0: I, I don't know if that that's necessary. Here. No,
1: I'm just yeah. I'm just wondering. I want to say,
0: like, Deanna or something.
1: All right, Do we feel like we've got all our Cursed Child spoilers out? Uh, I guess so. Um,
0: uh, I mean, I, I'd love to know when Voldemort and, and, and Lestrange had conceived this child because it's a really... I think we would have seen her at some point when she was pregnant during the books. Like,
1: well, is she? In is she the... It's she... as if that was never
2: an idea
3: <laughs>
1: had by anyone well, when these books are well, written. Well, we
2: don't really see her at all in six. Do we? Okay,
0: so she, because she was off, you know, at at, at camp. Do we? Staying do we... With well, that's her grandparents. true. We don't
2: really see her because <laughs> she's not. She's not in like the final battle in six. She
1: went she? to a no. study abroad program <laughs> in Albania. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know that was some like weird ritualistic thing where Voldemort was is like, she... yes, my child must be born in the woods of Albania.
2: Is she in the final battle in six?
0: No, I don't think so.
1: No, because it's the Karo's and Fenir Greyback.
0: Yeah, Fenir sort of takes the role of the strange as, as like the wild card murderer okay. person in the So in that six. would be the
1: theory is that it's born in six. It would seem to me that Voldemort wouldn't know about it. That's what I would think, right? Or he would be like. I don't know. I guess he's got like some weird ritualistic. I don't know. It I just seems like can't... it would figure some way. <laughs> right, he can't. He can't know because Harry's in
2: his head.
1: Even like even though his... he is shutting himself off to Harry after shit kind of falls apart at the end of the fifth one.
2: Yeah, but like in that moment when he's like thinking about where all the Horcruxes are,
1: you think he wouldn't think about his child? I
2: mean, that's his legacy, right? Yeah, like Voldemort's obsessed with that shit. Yeah, like, if he knew about the kid, like Harry would know. Yeah would seems he like it. I
0: mean, Harry would know if Voldemort knew, but I think Voldemort probably wouldn't care about having a kid. Really? He cares about himself, not him, not like his you legacy. You know what might be easier? He wants him to be his own legacy because he wants to never die. That's true. Yeah. i will say Voldemort would probably kill a kid if he had one.
1: See, right? Right? So he must not know. He he can't know.
0: Well, I mean, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to like, you know, it's like trying to like... We're trying like, to
1: justify something that has absolutely nothing to do with the events <laughs> in this book.
0: We're trying to make a fever dream make sense. Like, <laughs> we're never going to uncover the logic. It's um, not a real thing.
1: I'm
2: real.
0: It wasn't planned in any way. <laughs> Thus endeth the spoilers.
1: Let's pull out some pens. <sighs> All right. Let's pull out some pens. Mm,
0: I think, Sarah, what was the pen you mentioned a few minutes ago? I wanna get I wanna get to that before we get lost in the um, shuffle. Because I think we're, we're about to have a bit of a shuffle. Or should I say a scuffle?
1: My thing was about unforgivable curses.
0: Oh. Oh, the fact that Harry's just doling them out in this Dueling book out like left with and no right, no forethought.
1: Like, like in a and considering the whole way they identified him in the beginning conflict was because he wouldn't hurt someone. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's like imperiousing everyone and he's crucio and the caros. I don't think he doles out any Avada Kedavras. No. no. But like when he Crucio's um, the, I can't remember which caro. I don't think it really matters. But when he Crucio's them, he has that line where he's like, oh, Bellatrix is right. You have to feel it. Yeah. And You gotta uh, really mean it. Yeah. I actually think
2: that this, for me makes sense as as a as a, a growth of his character cuz we the way she writes it we get that something shifted in him yeah. uh, upon be- bearing dobby and i think that that like the the being able to use those curses as as part of a defensive you know as part of his his own defense and his own to carry out like the mission that dumbledore gave him i think that is i think that is a logical outgrowth of of what yeah. we see happening with him, it yeah. would feel
0: a little weird if he was using Avada Kedavra. As that might be a little mm-hmm. hard to swallow. Mm-hmm. But I think him using the, the non-lethal um, bad curse, what are they call it, unforgivable curses. Well, I forgive him.
1: I do too. I mean, I do too. It was just—it's <laughs> so off-putting from the Harry we've known this whole time. I think yeah. it's fascinating.
0: I mean, at yeah, the very end, he does go back to his signature move, Expelliarmus.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or is it Stupefy? No, it's Expelliarmus. Yeah, it's Expelliarmus. Yeah. Um
0: Expelliarmus. So. Let's let's talk about Severus Snape. Snape, Snape. There is a bit of a division of opinion amongst, I'm going to say, everyone in the world (laughs) about whether Snape is a, yes, a noble, tragic, romantic hero um, who is like maybe one of the bravest men you've ever known. Brave enough that you might hypothetically name a child after them. Of course, that would never happen in a book beloved by millions, but hypothetically. Or... Is Snape a a creepy, weirdo guy in his his mid to late
3: 30s
0: (laughs) who's obsessed over a dead woman and is like so inappropriate towards everyone his whole life and really deserves what he got?
2: Snape is a guy. (laughs) Snape is a guy. (laughs) I'm not a Snape apologist. I do not like Snape. I don't think he is a romantic figure to be uh, praised, and I do not know how the fuck Harry decided to name his kid after him. (laughs) Um, hypothetically Hypothetically I also don't think You should have named him After Dumbledore either But <laughs> <laughs> It's a crappy name To saddle on a kid
0: Albus Severus Potter Yeah it sucks
1: <laughs> Why not Brian Why <laughs> not pick Brian, one Of Dumbledore's Brian. Other names That's way more right, he has Accessible like seven names. Percival Percival's not even that bad Well Wolfric is better Than Albus
0: <laughs> the, the, the the four words Dumbledore said In the first book Would be a better name <laughs>
1: Um, I remember the first words Dumbledore ever said to me. (laughs) (laughs) I am
0: nitwit. You were named after the four (laughs) funniest words I ever heard.
2: Nitwit Potter. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, I think I think Snape is a wonderfully complex character that serves a very important purpose in this plot, but I do not think he is a hero. You said in the notes that you didn't think he was, like, a stalker. I don't think stalker is totally appropriate. I think he had an unhealthy fixation.
1: Yeah, Um. it was creepy and it was possessive. And I feel like that's a thing that JK keeps coming back to is being, like, okay sometimes. Like, she doesn't always call it okay. Like, when Mm. Voldemort's mom is all obsessed with Tom Riddle, like, that's not coded as okay. But for some reason, when a dude just feels possessive and controlling over a woman, it's okay. Like, yeah. None of Snape's behaviors towards Lily are good.
0: No, I, I also don't think they're like that possessive. Like we do with this, this, this stuff. There's, there's a this, this the fantasy world where these behaviors exist on a, on a wider spectrum than they do in our our world. Let's say, like to your point, like like Tom Riddle, Voldemort's mom. Like this is a world where people literally like brainwash the people they love yeah. to like force them into marrying them. And Snape never does that. Never comes close to that. Like he's like he's he's possessive in like a in, like a needy like abused and like mis mistreated like young boy slash teenager way, and like when Lily like starts developing feelings for or she doesn't we don't really ever see her developing feelings for James because God knows how that would even happen because James is an asshole the whole way through,
1: great dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what that what
0: that dick do though? <laughs> uh, um, he he never like tries to 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 control her behavior though he's just, he's just like weird and like mean and like very petty about stuff he doesn't do anything to i mean he, obviously he, he well he immediately
1: pretty, unfriends he, her when she does things he doesn't like well, like that's not how you react to your friends doing something you don't agree with
0: no it's not that's not good like he's not a nice person
1: well like that's my point
2: is that i don't i think a lot of people say that that Snape's love for Lily absolves him of everything else wrong that he did in his life. And it doesn't. No, it explains
0: <sighs> it. I mean it explains who he is and why he is like well not why he's such an asshole because he's just kind of addicted <laughs> for, for different reasons. But it, it adds a different dimension to why what he was doing. And it, it makes him it, I don't know, I think that I don't I don't Harry calling him the one of the bravest men he's ever met is kind of weird.
2: I don't think it's true either. But, but I think but
0: I think when he's saying that well cuz cuz he's talking about him Snape and Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. And both Snape and Dumbledore are men who like did something really really bad when they were like young, like in like when they were like young adults mm-hmm. and then spent literally like and gave up their entire lives and eventually like gave up their lives to try to make that right in some way. And I think that's like more what Harry means by brave is that some people who like were so devoted to Trying to atone hey, or you find were redemption. Harry, named after
2: the two most remorseful men I ever <laughs> knew.
0: <laughs> I mean, or Albus true, <laughs> true. But like, Albus, I, I mean, Dumbledore certainly is a more, you know, has more influence in the story than Snape does. But Dumbledore does kind of like his plan does sort of work out in the end, and Snape was a big part of that plan. I was going into this thinking that you were going to be much more against me on this than you actually are. <laughs> I only I only used stalking in my notes because I heard you say stalking once, that he stalked her.
1: Well, he did. He was I mean, nine. granted, it was when he was like he was nine eight years, years old. But like, he and still did.
0: There, it, that's, that's weird, but it's not stalking. Yeah.
1: Well, no, it's still stalking. It's just not scary stalking because it's a child.
0: He was spying. We don't know how often he did that.
1: Every day no didn't question and
0: say, say every day. No,
1: but that's the vibe you get.
0: That's the vibe you get. It's not the vibe I get.
1: Well, what I, I what I discovered in this cuz I think we'll just argue ourselves into a circle <laughs> is when Petunia said about the dementors <laughs> that she heard Lily talking about it with that boy. She meant Snape. Oh yeah. That excited me.
2: And we were talking about this earlier, I think one of the things that really changed the way I look at this book and look at Snape and look at Sirius and Remus and and James and that whole like generation of people is the fact that I sort of realized going into this like how young that whole crew actually is and it made me you know I feel like understand them a lot better than I I think I did on upon first reading because I'm now closer to that age than I am Harry's age looking at Snape in like the first book as like a 30 year old dude <laughs> and not you know um I can see how he would still have those sort of petty grudges and still like you know trying He's still—he's not a fully formed adult yet, you know. Like none of us are, <laughs> and he oh. sort of like spends the next few years like growing and and and. I, I guess I can see like. I have a, a little more um, sympathy for him than I maybe did, upon my first reading. I still don't like him, but to, to
0: be cl- to be clear, the stuff like his his fixation on 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 Lily is not romantic. No, and that's
2: my one sticking point, is that, like, his uh, this, like, this romantic his love for Lily is not romantic, it's it's it's, a little
0: creepy it's a little creepy, but, (laughs) I mean, it inspires him to sort of do, like, the little like, the good he does in his life is because Mm -hmm. of this, but it's not, like aspirational like don't people have like always like tattooed yeah. on them
2: yeah that's like, weird it's not aspirational exactly that's what I'm trying it's, to it's say like, it's not an aspirational yeah. no, no. you should not frame your romantic you know ideals after Snape
0: <laughs> <laughs> no and he's still like even like again knowing all this he's still like is an asshole to everyone like all the kids like Harry and Ron and Neville Hermione and that's not like because he's deep undercover it's because he's just a dick yeah like, <laughs> like he's you know
2: and I think that's like that's like the thing he never really recognizes that like even though he's doing all of this to protect Lily's kid, Lily would still fucking hate him for the fact that he's being a dick to people. Yeah,
3: (laughs) I will
0: say one, I do, I do like, maybe not to the point where he's like super like like verbally abusive towards like the kids but Snape's hatred of of James really rings very true. Like a guy who's just like nothing but like shitty and mean to you all the time who's like super popular and beloved. Like that's a I don't know. That's a very recognizable feeling, to me at least. So I do, you know, eh.
2: My thing upon rereading these books is how much of a dick I think Sirius is. And I don't really understand why he's so beloved, because I think he's, like, a bigger dick than James. And, like, clearly the, like, impetus for a lot of the things that that group of people (laughs) did. And I'm like, why do we love Sirius so much? Because he's even
1: kind of a dick, like now like or in in the the canon of the book well, like and harry has a really bad habit of idolizing people who don't deserve to be idolized oh yes, which i think is one of the reasons he's so upset when he finds out there are things about dumbledore that are bad mm-hmm. and i think he would have at some point been upset about sirius if he had ever had the time to realize to, real- that, to like think about like because i think he would have eventually got to the point he got with lupin where he's like dude don't leave your family yeah you're a grown ass man, yeah. and I think he would have gotten to a point with Sirius where he realized, like, because Sirius started having glimmers of that in the fifth book, where he was like, "Oh, you're not like your father." Which yeah. Sirius is definitely in a state of arrested development because he spent essentially his entire young adulthood in prison. Yeah, but like, yeah, Harry's got a real bad habit of putting people on pedestals that don't make sense to put on pedestals. Harry
2: had to go through the realization that our parents are just people, like that make mistakes and have are have flaws, like. For every single parental figure that he has ever had,
0: <laughs> which is why Dumbledore is the best character in the whole franchise, because you get to see him go through that entire process with Dumbledore.
1: So what you're saying is you'd really like it if there were a five part movie series all about Dumbledore and his history.
0: That sounds great. If we could see more of Dumbledore, like as like a younger man, like I wonder how different he would be. Like I'm sure we'd have a whole different like point of view and like like purpose in the plot. And I just I just love to see like you know. And like, especially, like, the way he's, like, described here as, like, this young man who's, like, you know, gets in over his head and, like, basically becomes, like, a young reactionary shit poster um, <laughs> on, 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 like, a, on Wizard 4chan, essentially. Like, <laughs> like a two-person uh, nine gag. And then sort of, like, like, like he has, a, has this awful thing happen. Then he sort of, like, this shakes him up. And he, like, spends the rest of his life trying to do good. But he's always haunted by this regret and his, like, confused feelings towards Grindelwald. And, like, that alone is what, like, like, that... That alone is what keeps him from pursuing Grindelwald until their duel in the forties. Yeah, I would love to see that. That in particular,
1: that specific thing. And would you say maybe only that specific thing?
0: Yeah, that's a great motivation. Yeah, it's, it's very human. It's like it's like very like real and like it's obviously Dumbledore is like.
1: It's understandable that someone it, you love deeply might not be someone you're able to turn around and kill.
0: Yeah, and also like he knows that he has this knowledge that like could emotionally destroy Dumbledore worse than he already is because he knows. You know, Grindelwald might know who actually killed uh, Dumbledore's sister. Yeah. And like, so that, that, that is a, that alone is a great motivation for this sort of, you know, reticence to fight Grindelwald. And I'd love to see that.
1: Yeah, that specifically. Are you all done?
0: I will never be done.
1: <laughs> it's it's like all I want to do is derail this and rant about
0: oh, it. So sorry, girdle, Kelsey, it's so hard. It's but really hard.
1: It's fine. I mean well, I
2: already know I'm what sorry. you're talking about because I'm I don't sorry. really care about spoilers. But um for, for our listeners who do, we won't say it. <laughs> um, I do want to talk about the Dumbledores as, uh, as, yes. as a family. Yes. As um
0: A good segue. <laughs>
2: I really love the chapter where they come to the Hogshead and they, and they, um, the sort of whole sequence of chapters where we get like this, like, actiony bit at the beginning where they're trying to outrun the, the Death Eaters and the Dementors in Hogsmeade and then this long exposition part. And then (laughs) also now we're back in, in Hogwarts and everything's sort of come full circle. I love that sort of transitional couple of chapters. But I really love Aberforth as a character. Um and as a as a little bit of a foil to Albus Dumbledore, mm. like I think I think we don't we so often don't get to see characters in this who just are being like we we either see evil characters or we see good characters who are fighting back and and Aberforth Dumbledore is just tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like I can't do this anymore. And I love I love how he just kind of casually roasts Dumbledore, mm-hmm. Al- Albus, I guess. Um I guess when I say Dumbledore you guys know what I mean Albus Dumbledore. Yeah. yeah. Um he just casually rose Dumbledore and and Harry's sort of like devotion to this mission, supposed mission. He's like, "Oh, easy job. <laughs> Quick took took you no time?"
0: Definitely the sort of thing a, a child could do. A child
2: could do. Yeah, sounds, yeah. sounds <laughs> right. yeah, and I just I I think he's so interesting and I I would love to know more about him. Um cuz he's, you know, be- Previous to this, he's sort of painted as a, um, you know, a few off mentions as a sort of like sort of quirky, like oddball character when he's really just like a guy. (laughs) And I think he's a bartender. Yeah. And I think someone who's really easy to identify with, like he's he's one of the more sympathetic characters in, in this book, I think.
1: I think he's great. I think. He's such a nice counter to Dumbledore because he's not trying to hide anything. Mm -hmm. There's no point to hiding anything when you go like it's 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 as if like they're the two kinds of reactions you have to trauma. Mm -hmm. It was trying to bury it and kind of escape it and fight it without ever addressing it, which I think is kind of what Albus does. Mm -hmm. And then there's Aberforth who's like, I'm angry and I'm upset and I'm going to remove myself from this situation and I'll talk about it if we need to talk about it and I'll be frank and I'll be upfront because that's how I process my emotions which honestly way healthier than how Elvis does I yeah. think.
0: Yeah. I, also Aberforth is like nakedly like
1: self-serving. Oh, I thought you were going to say nakedly into goats. <laughs> oh, it's implied
2: in other parts of the canon that he did something with a goat. Wait, we what, don't know what.
0: Wait, when <laughs> I forget. What, what part what of the canon? Say,
1: there's, is, there's like a one-off thing in one of the other books where it's like Dumbledore's brother and his weird obsession with goats. Yeah. Well, he, his
0: Patronus is a goat, right? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. He, just, maybe
1: he just likes goats. No, there is likes... there is some implication that he did inappropriate things to goats. <laughs> and I'm sure they're not true. Like the whole point is that they're not true. <laughs> but they bring it up a lot comparatively.
0: Rita Skeeter and it's more fake news.
1: Fake news.
0: Fake news. Fake news. Um, No, <laughs> like, like when, when Harry meets Abba and he's like, He's like, I need to do this thing so I can, you know, kill Voldemort and save the world, basically. Abba is like, nah, man, just bail. Just bail. Get out of here. What are you, crazy? Yeah. Man, I wouldn't do that shit if you paid me, man. It, just, I'm all about living easy, cranking the tunes, rolling a big fat J. <laughs> <laughs> and just like, you know, think about goats.
2: Yeah. I, I, um...
0: So, yeah, it is sort of like, yeah, Abba is like, you know, you do like, he's like speaking truth in a very plain way in some sections like boy this thing my weird brother is having you do seems kind of weird and hard and like needlessly convoluted but then he's also been like at the hair you should just give up man yeah. just give up there's just quit what do you, you give up so it's sort of is it's interesting the way he sort of you know he he is he's realistic in that way because that's definitely what that sort of person would say in that moment but also it gives you like you know, it gives you uh, another side to what his, you know, how sensible he seems in other ways. Yeah. He's, he's almost too sensible. It's almost like you need to be a little bit inscrutable <laughs> to make it in, in this wacky wizarding world.
2: Well, and I like watching Harry sort of come to terms with the fact that this mission, it, like, come to terms with the fact that this mission isn't Dumbledore's mission. Like, it's his mission, and now he mm. wants to carry it out, not necessarily because Dumbledore told him to, but because he has to for, you know, to... Like, I think it's really the first time he accepts his role as the chosen one. But, and I think that's that's a really interesting thing that we see play out in Harry's head.
1: Now, what I want to talk about is wizarding religion. Because Jason and I both had separate flags related to this in the book. Mine is that Hogwarts apparently celebrates an Easter holiday.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> because they mention that Draco's home on his Easter holiday. <laughs> which got me thinking, okay, so if I were a wizard... I don't think I'd believe in God anymore. But, like, was Jesus a wizard? I don't know. Maybe that's the thing you find (laughs) out once you're in the wizarding world. That Like, oh, yeah, Jesus was a wizard. Maybe that's it. But then are they all Christians? (laughs) I mean,
0: if if Jesus was a wizard and you knew that, you would basically have to be a Christian, right?
1: Yeah. And then also, like, what about Wicca? Like, (laughs) What does that mean? What like are our...
0: like, like what, what, witches, you mean?
1: Witches? Well, no, like, like are wizards like, fuck, they don't even know. Wicca's not real wizard, like, witchcraft. Uh. Like, is Wicca the fakest of religions?
2: In in the wizarding world? Yeah.
0: And... Th- th- this ties into my concerns from, um... oh, that's what it was, because at the end of the book, of uh, the end of the sixth book, there's a, there's a guy who does the, the, the sermon for Dumbledore's funeral, and that same guy should have been this book to do Bill and Fleur's wedding. <laughs> Which makes you wonder: Is there only one priest in the wizarding world, and and what is his denomination?
2: Is Dr- there like a, is there like a wizarding denomination of Christianity? See, that's why I want to, because
1: then is there like, or do wizards just celebrate religion? So there are Christian wizards and Jewish wizards and Buddhist wizards and Islam and Muslim wizards. I
2: think I personally think that's the case because I like to believe that there's Jewish wizards
1: because I think at the World Cup you see people who yeah. look like they like. I think there's some like stereotyped Muslim stuff going on yeah, at the Wizarding I'm... World Cup, if I remember correctly.
0: I just had a, I had a thought because I was thinking like, well, if you could do magic, then maybe some of the, the Jesus miracles wouldn't seem so magical. But isn't specifically like you can't duplicate food with magic, right? You
1: can duplicate it. You can't. You can't bring it out of nowhere. It. So well, literally, all of Jesus's miracles could be done by a wizard. I mean, can
0: hmm, we okay. just walk well,
2: on water? surely yeah they, they i'm pretty of...
0: sure if someone does at some point yeah. in these books right <laughs> maybe in the movies at least i yeah. mean
1: ninjas can and they don't need magic
2: <laughs> so like
0: that's actually never urban legend jesus was oh. just a wizard who
2: like was like fuck the statute of secrecy <clears throat> i'm gonna do i'm gonna, gonna this help shit. people i'm gonna help people
1: <gasps> so but, but, so, if, so just, jesus was a wizard this is my new religion <laughs> so
0: so but do you think they're also like like was muhammad a wizard was muhammad a squid Was Moses a wizard?
2: What is, what is, I think we really have to, what is the concept of God to to witness? See, that's the thing that, that's the thing, because all these people we're talking about are people that supposedly talk to God in some way. Yeah. Yeah, What
0: does that look like in a world where you know magic is real? Right.
1: Yeah. Where ghosts are very real. Because I would think that God is just magic. Whoa. (laughs)
2: More of like an entity.
1: Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I just, that really messed with me the fact that Hogwarts has Easter holiday. Just well, really I mean, messed me we're, up. We're,
0: we're overlooking the big thing here, which is that souls are real <laughs> yeah, in this world. Yeah, Like confirmed souls exist. So that means something. So there has to mean there's something. There's some. There's some. There's some other supernatural I mean, world. Easter
1: holidays are just British spring break. Let me add that to the list of things I would rather J.K. Rowling explain than make another <laughs> Fantastic Beast movie.
0: <laughs> Let me see the life story of this, of this fucking one wizard priest. The if,
1: one wizard priest. Yeah, let me see First Reformed
0: with the wizard priest.
1: <laughs> yes. I snapped as if... Snaps for that. Okay, so another thing I want to talk about. But I want there I, to be Jewish wizards. There are Jewish wizards. <laughs> because one thing Fantastic Beast did give us was two Jewish wizards. Their That's last their name is Goldstein. Goldstein.
2: I mean, there's also a Goldstein in the, in the books. Right? Oh, Hannah, right? Uh, Anthony.
1: Oh my gosh, he's probably related to them isn't he? I would oh, assume so. No! Yeah. Oh. Mm. Uh. oh.
2: He's a Ravenclaw. Yeah, I think. What what what
3: is
1: it?
0: What is, it, what is it, um I bet I bet you, I bet Wizard Badmints was really oh lit. God.
2: I didn't even When they when think they make the when they make that, that, that chair like...
0: go up in the air? Oh
2: shit. <laughs>
1: Crucio. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Wingardium Leviosa?
2: <laughs>
0: yes, that's what I meant. Oh,
1: oh yeah. Sorry, I had
0: I a, meant... a bit too much Manishevitz. <laughs>
2: I'm just thinking about the fact that like the the Queenie and Tina and in the Fantastic Beast movies are assumably Jewish. Yeah. What year is it in the Fantastic Beast movies?
0: Hold that thought <laughs> until you see the second movie.
1: Because I thought it was the twenties. It is the twenties. Okay. It's before World War Two. After World War One. It's between the two wars. Okay.
2: I do think that like obviously we as as fans and, and readers read way more into things than J.K. Rowling meant us too. Yeah. Because I think the the sort of amount of Christianity that is in the books is just because Britain is a predominantly Christian nation that like, you know, has that and it, she just infused that into her world. Big but... on
0: Christmas. It's, it's, not, it's not like, you know, being able to do magic would necessarily like change your, like the, dramatically change like your views on Yeah, if you're a God. muggle-born
1: who grew up mm-hmm. in like a whatever household. Well, and if you're like someone who like believes that, you know,
2: being good means you get a better afterlife.
1: Yeah. I just think there should have been a separate wizard religion. I don't know what it is.
2: I feel like there's probably a wizard denomination of like the Anglican Church. Yeah, it seems like but,
0: it. But then are there is there like a wizarding sect of of of, of Islam?
1: Yes, that's yeah.
0: what yeah. <laughs> there's a whole other sect?
1: I it seems to me like there should be, right? Um Because theoretically, like, magic came up in the same way the rest of humanity... Like, magical (laughs) humanity came up the same way the rest of humanity did, which means in different parts of the world, you came up with different myths and legends to explain things. But to me, it would mean that there would also be different religions we don't know about. Probably.
0: I think we we might pull this thread too hard at some point, because (laughs) essentially, if magic existed the way it does in these books, the course of history would have to be totally different. Yeah. No, it's true. Which, again... Hold that for, a, you know, for later, off air. later discussions about, about certain movies.
1: Or if you've already seen the movie, just yell it at the podcast right now <laughs> as you listen. So,
2: what um, I want to ask She has questions.
1: We haven't talked about deaths really all that
3: much. Oh. Oh.
1: And there were a lot of deaths in this book. I mean, yeah. we heard about the jerk who spoiled it on a t shirt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was the most shocking death to you? And separately, what was the most upsetting? Because I feel like those can be, you can be shocked by something, but not actually be that sad about it.
2: So here's my thing. In my whole, like, night before theorizing, we're talking about who's going to die because Mm -hmm. people are going to die. Yeah. And my friends and I were all like, well, either both Fred and George are going to die or neither of them are going to die because it'd be too mean to kill one of them. So I was very upset (laughs) when that is exactly what happened. I think that was, that was, like, the most, like, the, the saddest death for me was, was, um was Fred, and I was, I was just, I was really upset about it. I think, honestly, the most shocking death for me, Hedwig. <laughs> it because, comes out of nowhere. Because it comes out of nowhere, and you're just like, no, Hedwig! Yeah. <laughs>
3: um,
2: I mean, and a little bit Dobby, but, like, I feel like that was the right end to Dobby's story. Like, Unfortunately.
1: Unfortunately, that was the correct end yeah. to Dobby's story, but... D- Dobby was the most upsetting for me. Yeah. Like, it still makes me cry when I read it now, What. But what happened to me when i first read this though it was uh i was home by myself just sitting on the couch reading and i get to that part and i can't physically contain the emotions Uh-oh. i feel so i like jump off of the couch i'm like Dommy's dead no! Dommy's dead and i'm like pacing my house and there's no one for me to like vent to about what just happened so my mom comes home from the grocery store and opens the door and i just run to her <laughs> And I'm like, Dobby died, and she's like, I don't know what that means. And I was like, I just have to tell someone. I can't keep it inside myself.
2: Yeah, oh. I was like reading it in a in a, like a, a, a locked room with like four other people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm a pretty fast reader, and I would get to like a certain point, and I'd, and I'd like make a noise, and everyone would be like, and oh, then no. we like, we we were all doing reading at different
1: paces, so i yeah. would just be like, wait, where did you get to? I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> was, like. I just and then for me shocking is crab
3: yeah because like, like <laughs> right
0: <laughs> literally, like, when that happens like, Harry takes a moment and then there's like oh god what a terrible way to die
1: <laughs> as it he's is. being
0: burned alive by living fire like, fiend fire like
1: and first of all like fiend fire as a convenient plot device that destroys Horcruxes like mm-hmm. Ugh. I really wish she had said something about it earlier in the book. At any point? At any point,
3: <laughs> at
2: any point in the book. Like, I don't know when Hermione's talking about the things that can destroy Horcruxes. Could
1: have mentioned that then. Right? I don't know. Like, and also, so it if it did, couldn't they have used I guess Fiendfire gets out of control so quickly. Yeah, and that's why Hermione it's like never really risked dangerous
2: it. To use it. Or
1: Hermione just conveniently forgot until it happened and it was burning crab alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The only death that is commented on is being awful, like terrible, a horrible and way to undeserving die,
1: undeserving for a seventeen-year-old boy. Yeah, even if he even was a, a even a bad jerk. jerk. Yeah,
0: yeah. I also but that that is preceded by this this great moment where Harry's like, "Oh, that's what crap sounds like." <laughs> <laughs> I never I never heard, heard him talk before, huh? Weird.
1: Um, what about you, Jason?
0: Well, you you wouldn't think I could be shocked by any deaths since I'd seen the movies. <laughs> but I'll say the one I was most shocked by was probably Mad Eye. Moody, which is, that was my dude in the, well, you know, in the fourth book, he's not really him, but I still developed an attachment to him and I was sad to see him go. Uh, um Obviously, Fred and Dobby are both really sad. They're mostly sad because of how people react to them. Mm-hmm. Like the way Harry like goes through the process of like digging Dobby's grave and like making sure he's like respectfully put to rest is like really moving. And then, you know, like Percy's just come back to the family when, when Fred dies. and It's so, like, you know, the, see him like be so upset about that is really, you know, I'm sure it's like, Makes it all the more painful for him. I will say though, I knew both those were coming though, so they didn't hit me quite as hard as did Colin Creevy. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? No, no, J.K. I did not come all this way for you to do this to me. I did not Aww. read seven books. I, I didn't go through the Goblet of Fire. I I didn't read through the entire camping section of this book just to have you kill off Colin Creevy, the sweet. Lovable young paparazzi from the second book. I've been doing this shit too long, JK. <laughs> I've been doing this shit too long. Uh. Guy didn't like that at all. That made me very sad. Lupin and Tonks.
1: Eh. And they died off-screen. I screen. mean, then and when you see them dead, it's like, oh, okay, because there had to be another orphan. Like even when <laughs> I, even when I read that for the first time, I was like, all right, that's a bit much. Really, both of them. Like you couldn't keep one of them alive. The thing that would be. Far more likely to happen in this scenario, yeah really? That <laughs> still just annoys the crowd cause literally no reason, no reason except to have a hairy parallel. That's it
0: i, I have I have a question, yeah. so I'm sure you have more, but i've I have sort of a, a related question. yeah. what was the, what was the single thing in this book that made you the most happy? Like there's a lot of like callbacks, just like character cameos. Anything like it can be a small thing or a big thing. What gave you the most joy to see it happen? Like, like, a, like, a, oh yeah, or like a fist pumping sort of way.
2: I mean, I think, I think the one the we were kind of talking about earlier, Harry's Harry's second greatest clip. Um, <laughs> when it's because I have such a soft spot for McGonagall. I love McGonagall so much. I'd watch an entire movie series about McGonagall. Um, cause she's amazing and Scottish and just like a badass. And I think the fact that, like, Harry's like, she's one of the adults in Harry's life who like has always kind of been straightforward with him. And I think the fact that we see Harry's like physical and, 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 and emotional reaction to her being attacked is like so touching in, in a way. Um, and I, I really, really enjoy that because a lot of Harry's, you know, a lot of the authority figures in Harry's life have, you know, as we've discussed, you know, been on pedestals and in hidden in hidden things from everything and, and mcgonagall has never let him down <laughs> mcgonagall has always been there for him in in a very a, a way less you know active role but i i i love her a lot and i think she's she's amazing so i think that's one of my favorite moments
3: <laughs> okay i have two <laughs> okay
0: mine is two way tie. these are both moments from the end of the um the the, the the final the final battle uh the the first is when uh uh Professor Troll fucking brains a dude. It's, it's Finrear, right? It's Finrear Grayback. She, like, knocks... She, like, KOs Finrear with, with a crystal ball. And then, like...
1: That she does, like, a tennis serve. Yes. And then she
0: chucks another one through the window. Was like, it was just like, whoever else wants some can get some, motherfucker. And, like, <laughs> knocks it out a window. That's great. Um, second favorite thing is seeing uh, Slughorn dueling with Voldemort. Because, like, at the end, it's, like, Slughorn, McGonagall, and Flintwick, which is also great. Flintwick gets some great choice moments in this in this book mm-hmm. and they're all like going toe-to-toe with Voldemort, and it's just nice to see because like you know slughorn's a dying the wool old school slytherin and like it's good to see him like you know he doesn't bail like he's like there trying to do you know to do good it's just, it's just nice to see that he you know he you know came through in the end because like, i love slughorn mm-hmm. and he's a big old fat dude with a big old mustache he's doing Voldemort in his pajamas <laughs> <laughs> it's great
1: uh, I have so many things <laughs> I can say here. Um, not my daughter, you bitch. So great. Iconic. So, iconic. Iconic also makes me cry. A lot of these things are things that also make me cry <laughs> but make me happy at the same time because that's just me.
0: Iconic. Very similar to, to a moment in Aliens.
1: Yeah. Um, when And this is also something that separately I think is better in the book than in the movie. When Ron and Hermione kiss i was Mm. so happy it finally happened but then also harry's follow-up to it
2: is this the time (laughs) (laughs) i have a question about about that because i that's the first time we see them kiss but i feel like it's implied throughout a lot of this book that they've already like entered into some sort of romantic entanglement
1: it seems like they've had a flirtation going on but they haven't actually kissed i think that's what Mm. i always kind of assumed because like then after that ron's like well Better late than never, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. or not even what is it like the heat of the moment? Like now's yeah. the time yeah. we might die.
2: <laughs> I it always is assumed that like there was acknowledgement of feelings on both of their sides. Like they knew they liked each other. Mm-hmm.
3: I don't
2: yeah. know. I just have I have questions about when the whole thing started. But
0: I yeah. I really enjoy the way that they like, they got that hand holding thing in yeah. in criminal place uh, throughout throughout the books. Yeah, especially in these last two books when it really like becomes like mm-hmm. it develops into a thing very gradually.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I I believe it. Yeah. Unlike say a certain other relationship in the books, Harry <sighs> Jenny. Which I do not buy for a second.
1: <laughs> Which shows you things that are done better in the movie. Yes. Like
0: Appar- apparently, the, uh, Kelsey told me this earlier this, that that is a, a a controversial opinion. Yeah. That Harry Junior is better in the movies and the books.
1: Yeah. I I think I see both sides. I really <laughs> I think, do. I think maybe well, uh, maybe is, the... isn't that
0: isn't that brave of you?
2: <laughs> I think maybe the relationship is more believable in the movies, but I think a lot of. A lot of the very little character we get from Ginny to begin with is, like, just, we don't get any of it in the movies.
1: Didn't miss it. I will say the one, the other thing I think is better, like, the one thing from this book that I would say is unequivocally for me better in the movie is the way the Malfoys end in the movie. Oh. Because in the book... They're just kind of sitting in the Great Hall, and everyone's kind of ignoring them. Yeah, which they they run away in the movie. They run away in the movie, yeah. and that's so much better because it's cowardly, and it yeah. it 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 falls in line with all their other character motivations. You're telling me if the Malfoys are just chilling in there, no one's gonna be like GTFO. Like yeah, they there's no way. Like yeah. it's you don't just remain loyal to Voldemort for years and years and years by the way nearly kill lots of people in the second book let us not forget and all the other horrible things you're done and you just get to chill in the great hall no leaving like a coward is how that should have ended yeah
2: I think I actually think a lot of the things in in the final battle are done really well in in the movie and I'm glad that they took almost an entire movie for that
1: specific um yeah uh Though I wish it'd been in the Great Hall instead of out in that weird patio area. Yeah. But you know, whatever. I gotta
0: say, I I really like like the like when you get to the final arc of the Malfoys, where they go from like this. I like the way it is in the book because I mean, this happens in the movie basically too. But in, like in the books, like they go from this like it's, like high like you know well known, well connected like pure blood wizarding family that's like very like much like on Voldemort's team and like like has a very high status because of that. To like through like books five, six, and seven to like basically these like broken down like like beaten up like like you know lucius is in jail for over a year just these nobodies who, who are just trying to survive and like not die and like like make sure their son is alive and like to the point which he's only alive by the way because of harry twice over yeah At first when he, when he saves him and second when he like you know tells um narcissa, narcissa thank you when he tells her that that you know is still alive in the castle so play along come on man i'm trying to do, <laughs> I'm trying to do something here um, So, to see them, like, go from this, like, this huge stature to being, like, so, like, not a factor that they're just, like, sitting there and no one even cares that they're there, I think, I, I, them running away does make more sense, but I think that that's, like, a very good final image to leave them on, where they are so reduced that they are, like, like a small part of this larger scene and no one even cares that they are still there. Yeah. That
1: makes sense.
2: I will say, that in, in the movie, the my favorite thing from the movie that that they changed. I like a lot of the things that they changed in the movie, actually. I um, I know what you're going
0: to say. That sweet, sweet Voldemort Draco hug.
2: No. <laughs> the funniest thing in
0: all eight movies. Very
2: funny. <laughs> but I love, I love that they spent like the, the seven previous movies giving Seamus Finnegan like a, a, a pyromaniac like trait and then that actually pays off in like the, <laughs> in the final the final battle i was like yes this is this is good continuity and writing yes, yes i am for this it was like my favorite thing
1: yeah just how giddy he gets when McGonagall's like yeah you can blow up the bridge <laughs> <Yeah. It's> just, <laughs> you can do it it's so good
2: and i like that they give like neville and luna a little bit of something in the in the movie because i always liked them and as deserve- a couple they, they deserve, like, at least to be, like, close in a way. It always bothered me that they ended up with, like, two characters. Other people
1: we never met and know really nothing like, about. We yeah. know nothing about. I mean, I guess on the flip side, in a group of six friends, they're never actually going to pair off like
2: yeah. that. Like, they are definitely the the Joey and, and Phoebe of the
1: group. Yeah. <laughs> do, <laughs>
0: do we know who they ended up with in the books? Y- yeah.
1: Liter- literally characters we've never heard of.
0: did they, they I thought they just said Neville is a professor. Did they say who is... Uh, th- but is. I mean,
2: we don't we don't hear about it in the books. But you know, J.K. Rowling.
1: It's on it's on Pottermore. I think <sighs> it might be in. I don't think Luna's spouse is in cursive Child, but I think Neville's might be. Yeah.
0: Hey, let's say when it comes to um, J.K. Rowling's writing. Potter less would be Potter more.
1: Ew, Ew, except for all the things we want her to explain. Yeah. <laughs> well, On she, the flip side, she's been
0: doing that for like ten years. Look where it's gotten us. Yeah.
1: Well, at the foot, like I like the I like Pottermore. I like the idea of it. I mm-hmm. like what it represents, and to me, that would actually be enough. That and a second writing of the seventh book, that's from everyone else's point of view, which Kelsey's also been hyping yes. hardcore.
2: Yes, I want I want the Hogwarts. The Hogwarts version of the seventh book.
1: Yeah, my my I love especially
2: after like we get back and they and like Neville's doing his whole like, like this is what's been going on. I'm like, yeah, I want to see that. That Yeah,
1: that sounds cool. Sounds so good. It's the war movie (laughs) that's been happening that you'd rather be a part of than the road movie that you've been on. Like finding like
2: and like the sort of like living in the barracks of the of the room
1: Room requirement. requirement.
2: Like I want I want to watch that movie that apparently
1: didn't have showers until there were girls there, which I feel like is a nice little touch. (laughs) Um though i feel like most high school boys would actually want to shower yeah, yeah.
0: high school boys aren't like by the not time shower. you're in high school
1: you care that you smell yeah. bad you're not in middle school anymore where you didn't uh-huh. another thing i wanted to ask about was and this is more for kelsey sorry jason reading it this time yeah what was there anything that struck you differently that impacted you differently than previous reads
2: i think i think sort of the development of of harry's character I think we see the most character development in Harry in this book out of any book that we've seen. Like, uh, I feel like a lot of the previous character development quote unquote has been just like, we sort of attribute him to, to him getting older, but I feel like we, we really see Harry acknowledge himself as like an adult human (laughs) who has like his own will and power to make decisions. And I think um, that's really interesting. I also think that it's like like I was saying earlier. I think I being the age I am now, and I definitely see the the sort of like James Lily Snape generation a lot differently than I did, because I know like I, when I was growing up, everyone was obsessed with Sirius, and I I now just find Sirius kind of annoying. Which I know he's like a fan favorite character, but I actually find him really annoying. I also think that in rereading the whole series this time, I I see the the flaws in Hermione a lot more than I did upon my initial reading of it I think you know when you're a teenager and you're reading about you know this this girl who's like a little nerdy and 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 you know not conventionally pretty and all the stuff you like really like put a lot into that when you're someone who identifies with those things whereas like rereading it this time there's times when I'm just like geez Hermione just shut up <laughs> like and I and I and I I see. I feel like I see a lot of the characters now as as full, fully formed, flawed, interesting, rich characters in a way that I didn't when I was reading it when I was younger.
1: Specifically <laughs> digging into this, like um, I cried in new and different times this read around, um, and. The big things that stuck out to me, and I think it was because of the political climate we're in currently, mm-hmm. the Muggle registration, the Muggleborn registration committee hit a little harder than I think it had before. Before, because it felt so much more like ice. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think
2: actually the whole like Ministry like situation scenes, like when they're breaking into the Ministry, the stuff with with like all the Muggleborns, like when they're escaping I think I cried there which I did not cry there before which yeah. when he's like telling them all to leave the country and like he's just so desperate about it and like I, I oh, yeah, yeah it hit me kind of hard
1: and in that same way um there's the scene where after Fred dies Harry kind of like runs out of the castle and the Dementors all come in and all of a sudden Harry can't fight the Dementors in the same way and uh, Luna goes that's right that's right, Harry, come on, think of something happy. And he's like, something happy. And his voice cracks. And she goes, we're still here. Ah. We're still fighting. And I literally, like, I didn't just tear up. I started crying. I had to put the book down. And I just kept being like, yeah, that's right. That's right, Luna. (laughs) We are fighting. We're going to get through this.
2: I think, I I think, (laughs) can I, can I acknowledge the unacknowledged in this book that we're not really acknowledging, right? aka the epilogue.
1: Yes, <laughs> um, it's um, time. It's time now. It's time.
2: So I hate the epilogue. I hate it so garbage. much. It's garbage.
1: It's so much garbage. It's
2: garbage. It's the last twenty minutes of How I Met Your Mother. It's terrible. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> uh,
1: it's not. It's not that. No. Bad. It's,
2: it's not. It's. It's close, but if it's it, not. If
0: it was that bad, but we it, would never speak of these books it's ever the same, again. It's
2: <laughs> the same concept in that, like, you can tell J.K. Rowling wrote it before she like really finished the books. So, like you can, like even the the style in which it's written, you can tell it's way earlier in her, in her like maturity as a writer. Um, and it, it frustrates me to no end because, and I think that's another thing that has, that I've seen very differently this time reading it critically. And especially with um David specifically in that, like I hate now that literally nothing changes that the, the status quo of the wizarding world stays the same. And I just don't think that it would like these these character cuz she's made all these characters baby boomers when all these characters are millennials <laughs> and it's just like and it's and i just don't think that the status quo wouldn't change like i don't i don't see them choose like we talked a bit about this a little bit after david's episode how like i i want harry to be happy but like for harry to be happy he needs to go off on like a journeyman thing for like a few years like and go to america yeah, Go live in the woods. Like he needs to like
0: everywhere around the world <laughs> to come into, into America.
1: America. Anyway. But um, though he did just spend an entire year living in the woods. It's true. But but like Over it. Maybe maybe a really nice resort on an island
2: somewhere. But like he needs he Yeah. He needs a break, and, and I, I also don't think that being an Auror is what Harry would want to do. Like, I think it's what he want to do until all the Death Eaters defense were caught. Defense against
1: the Dark Arts teacher,
2: Yeah. right? Like, he should be the defense against the Dark Arts teacher. Like, that is that is what the book, like, outlines. Like, I think he would be an Auror until all of the Death Eaters were caught, like, until the whole thing was wrapped up. But it would be a very temporary thing for him. I don't think he'd want to work for the ministry. Yeah. He's literally stated that he doesn't want to work for the ministry and be there like, puppet, which he would be. and But if Hermione's your boss... I mean, the other thing is, like, I don't think Hermione would really want to do that either, but...
1: I mean, I And think... also, if she were the Minister of Magic, would she be dropping her kids off on the Hogwarts platform? Like, really? <laughs> she wouldn't have a car. Yeah. She wouldn't have other things she to wa- do. Yeah. M- well, M- she's, Mr. Not, Weasley she's not had Minister a car. of Magic, is she? Yeah. Because she is in Cursed Child... And the beginning of Cursed Child is the epilogue of this book. <sighs> I know you've tried so hard to remove it from your memory, Kelsey, and I'm so hard we keep pulling you back into it.
0: I'll, I'll say just one more mention. I hate
2: Cursed Child more than Crimes of Grindelwald. One more. And I haven't even seen Crimes of Grindelwald yet. No, no.
0: One more note. If you go see Crimes of Grindelwald, you will, you will soften towards uh, you will. Cursed Child. I can't I lie. You. Can
2: I
1: hate Cursed Child more than the first Fantastic Beasts movie? Absolutely. Yes. yes. <laughs> no, I, I did for a long time. 100% okay. you can.
0: You will, you will. Oh, I can't, I don't. I'm I mean, sorry, you can do
1: sorry. whatever makes it happy, you happy. It's you personally, but as your friends <laughs> were telling you right now, you will sorry. look back at Cursed Child and but, be like, hey, maybe yeah. that wasn't
3: so bad. I think, I
2: think, I think the main thing that, that does bother me upon rereading this and and upon examining it is that is that the status quo would change and the Wisdom world would be different. Like, and I think it bothers me that it's not. Yeah.
1: I, I, I have, um, how would you, like, how would you have liked the epilogue to go?
0: I, my, my question is greater. How would you think it would be different? Because I, I was with you. I mean, you and I were part of the discussion with David, like, yeah. after we did it, so it was like, you know, at the end of the books, Harry, as Dumbledore said, has gone further than anyone else has ever gone. Like, he's somewhere that even Dumbledore never went. He, he died and came back to life, basically. And I always thought, like, you know, knowing that in some sense, I always had the feeling like, oh, we have, after this all is over, after the war is done, Harry should go, like, live in a cave for a year and like he's like he's like maybe it would be like a weird hermit like he's like you know creating new forms of magic that no one even knows about and he's like living on top of a mountain and people come seek him out and shit like that but like the problem is like throughout the books like and this is a kind of difficult for me because I, I want that to be true but also like part of the reason why Harry like is is able to fight Voldemort which is laid out in the fifth book and in this book as well is that he is like he goes through all this stuff, but he's still, like, he just wants, like, normal stuff. He wants, like, yeah. friends and, like, a good life and, like, to help people. Like, he wants, like, status quo type stuff. And that, that's why he is a foil to Voldemort. So when he wins, he, he has to be to restore that, like, nice, comfortable, like, safe, happy world that he's aiming for. So I, I, I almost, like, it, it can't be, like, a revolutionary change.
2: I feel like he can have that those things. And the Wizarding World itself can still have changed.
0: What will have changed?
2: I think, first of all, the whole, like, ministry situation has to be somewhat different. I don't
0: because it was because they saw how easily usually was taken over by Voldemort. Yeah, yeah, and then totally turned against. Yeah, them.
2: and I think you know.
0: Yeah.
2: A, a, like this huge part of the books is is talking about the rights of non wizard magical mm-hmm. beings, and I think there has to be like to me that's what Hermione is working towards. Like she's like a, a the wizarding version of a lobbyist, I guess, who's like or like you know an activist who's like trying to. <laughs> because that's what spew is right like yeah. she's trying to get werewolf right she's trying to get house elf right she's trying to get goblin rights. like that's to me that's what she is do
1: you think like in your mind like the secrecy pact ends like does is that it true get of secrecy? yeah no so it doesn't go that far i don't
2: think it goes because i think
1: like to me that would be the revolutionary thing to be yeah. like we're not gonna hide anymore yeah um I think... but that might be too much That's
2: the thing, <laughs> is, like, i think i think it, there can be a shift but it doesn't have to be like this huge shift that doesn't allow Harry to have these these comforts that he never had. Yeah. Um, my my dream epilogue doesn't actually include any of our main characters. Uh, like my dream no. epilogue is Dudley Dursley and his unnamed wife dropping off their magical child at Platform Nine and Three Quarters. Oh
0: no, I'm I'm going to be sad
2: because <laughs> that that like that feels like like just. Emblematic of some, some. That's so much better. Like something That's has so changed, oh and God. that like, and the thing is, like, Jake Rowling thought about putting Dudley in the di- in in. She thought about doing that in the epilogue, but she decided not to. But that Bullshit. should be the whole epilogue. That should, yeah. And maybe like, and Harry's there, and maybe and Harry's there, and he's there to like help help this kid who's his second cousin, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> or first cousin once removed. I don't know, guys. But- you
1: all. I wish you could see Jason's. <laughs> crying face happening right now
2: and I just I think that is the right ending for this is is because that is a small thing that has changed but that is an impact that Harry has made on someone's life and has totally turned it around and we kind of see that at the beginning of this book like I like
0: you're getting me right in the heart Kelsey and I just (laughs) this is
2: that good shit it doesn't have to explain everything that's happened it just has to show that like someone is better because of this
0: it's not just the opening of the or the, the first platform nine three quarters scene in the first book, but with the older people now are the younger people. Yeah. And the cycle continues forever. Yeah. God, it's so much better. Like, and this is, I, I want to just touch on that for a second because I want to put a butt on my Dur- Dursley check-in watch. <laughs> book and just mention that, again, like, the thing that most affected me in this book, aside from... Like, Actually, not,
2: no, that's when I cried.
0: Not any of the deaths or anything. Yeah. It's, it's the chapter where, like, the Durses are leaving... And Dudley and Harry had this awkward conversation. but And and Dudley, like, shakes his hand and is like, you saved me. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know, it's hard. I don't remember exactly what Dudley says. But it's like, he clearly, like, even, like, since book five, basically, Dudley's, like, view of Harry has changed dramatically. And he's like, he doesn't, like, hate or fear him the way his, parent, like, his parents do. And it's like, I, I'm getting, like, emotional just thinking about it. It's so dumb. It would just, like, it would it,
2: just to me... It, it, Seeing how much Dudley has changed would be so much more indicative of like it would have be been a way to come full circle without like
1: coming uh, full circle quite so literally, yeah, yeah,
0: and <laughs> and it really like it it is so, I don't know, maybe just because I was so fixated on the dirty and I wanted like, and I wanted some i yeah I, I love seeing, like, you know, glimpses of humanity or or redemption for like awful characters which is why i was so obsessed with draco mm. and you don't really get that from draco uh, i mean he's not, got a kid he's got he's got a kid good for him but the moment <laughs> with, with with dudley is like it's very powerful it's so
2: powerful
3: and I, I
0: think that that would be a much better ending because you would see you would get, get proof because like, i, I want to go out of this book thinking that dudley has changed to some degree he's maybe like mm-hmm. he's probably going to be like a boxer he's going to be you know in college and then professional for a couple of years, maybe not not a huge name, but you know yeah. he gets by. Might
1: might fight against Adonis Creed, who
3: knows?
0: <laughs> <laughs> he, he gets them. and he, like after he gets a little bit too old and sort of beaten down, he, he opens up a bar, and like people come in and drink, and they're like normal folks. But he's always like, hey, these wizard blokes, they're all right, you know? Don't or not wizards, but you know it's probably like, yeah, hey, you know, uh,
1: he lets weird people. Like come he by. lets the person who comes in wearing a top hat and pajama mm-hmm. bottoms and yeah. a t shirt.
3: He definitely made
1: friends with Diggle and Jones.
3: Yes.
2: Um, (laughs) He
0: he, he voted. He votes no on Brexit. You know stuff like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like he's he's better, and I think that's. Oh, I just that's the ending that is in my head instead of the epilogue that's there. The thing that makes me
1: more (laughs) emotional than the handshake is the fact that Dudley had been leaving Harry cups of tea outside his bedroom door. Like that's the part that broke (laughs) my heart more than the. um, Uh, I now wish I had explained my epilogue first because mine is not. Good or heartwarming or anything. <laughs> I literally just wanted an Animal House style list of what happened to every character. I didn't want any fluffy language. I just wanted a list. And I I guess well, that's, that's what Pottermore, Pottermore is like, for. Like good. <laughs>
2: but and like... I would have preferred to just have Pottermore instead of what we had. But yeah. no, I, I like my... My no, it's great. Epilogue. It's so good. <laughs>
0: That's perfect headcanon.
2: It just, it makes me so mad because like J.K. Rowling thought about, I mean, adding that to the current epilogue, but it, it should stand on its own. Yeah. Like it just, yeah. Because yeah, I think, you know, like I, I don't think the, the shift in the wizarding world has to be total, total revolution, but there has to be some sign of change.
0: Yeah, and that would be a good small way to do it. Yeah. In like a very, like, Clear way that it has to do with Harry yeah. and like his origins in the story, and like it is, it's full circle, yeah. And it brings back, and again, it would be like we would see the Durses again, which we don't ever see them again, yeah, which is
1: not until my pitch time, but we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> do, we, do we talk about how you feel, Jason, just generally? Yeah, about this I mean whole thing? It's the end of
2: the books.
0: Let's break it down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel good, these books were really good. Uh, <laughs> it's dumb, just dumb, dumb to say, like, more specifically, I feel like I'm now like. I have a new thing uh, to talk about, a new way to relate to the people around me, because I've discovered, like, through doing this, like, like so many people in my life are not just like casual fans, but like huge fans. Have you read this whole series. David said, like, what, like, ten times? Yeah. More, like, fifteen times.
3: Yeah.
0: Like people, I would like, you know, that it's 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 massive. People like I I yeah, just like Sarah said earlier, I would bring up points that was in the book and everyone like a room full of 10 people would all have like 10 different points of view on what was happening and like how that figured into their feelings about the book and it's like it's just one of those foundational pop culture touchstones and i didn't and i I, of course i knew the movies but that's really like not at all the same thing because people's experience of this franchise is entirely about the books really in, in a deep emotional way and so i don't know i really enjoy i feel like um I feel like I've gotten closer to the people I love. I feel like I've gotten closer to, to Sarah as well, which is always good. I'm um, sorry I didn't read these Separately from all the people you love. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just thinking uh, that. Well, I mean, you are my wife. <laughs> and I do love you. Thank you. Um, but I really, that, that's the thing I, I, I have enjoyed most about this is that I now have a new thing to talk about with my <laughs> friends.
3: Yeah.
2: I mean, like, yeah, it's like I we said um, during the fourth book that like Harry Potter is the reason I'm friends with Katie and Vanessa, like <laughs> <laughs> because they were talking about it and I was like, "Y'all talking about Harry Potter?" <laughs> yeah. and, and now we're friends. <laughs>
0: it, was, it was a major Been... part of of of, of uh, Tara and David's courtship. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's it's
2: important. It's it's part of the cultural zeitgeist. Yeah, and
1: I I think very specifically for our generation, mm-hmm. it's especially important. Mm-hmm. Like I. The last book came out when I graduated from high school. So it felt like an end of an era. Like I was going to college. My childhood was over because the last Harry Potter book came out. And then the last movie came out when I graduated from college. So I got that same reinforcing feeling of like going into adulthood and leaving like this like powerful thing that meant the world to me behind. And it was like really emotional because this is such a huge part of who I am.
2: I remember during the seventh, the eighth movie premiere I guess um I was you know on the internet watching it and um Jake Rowling said that thing about Hogwarts will always be there to welcome you home and I don't know if I've ever cried as hard as I did when she said that to like all the fans <laughs> than I, I like than I did when I read the like I don't think I ever cried as hard during the books as I did when like that happened to me because it just because I was it was also like I was on the internet with like all these other fans watching it and it was like it felt so like visceral and important and like yeah like these books will always be there for me and I can hate them and I can love them and I can dissect them to the end of time but like they will always have meant something so special and real to me yeah
1: so with that said Jason did these books ruin your life (laughs) I'd like to
0: answer in the form of a very long rambling monologue Okay. about how I did not have the same experience with these books as you all or most of the fans of our generation did. I didn't, you know, they weren't like a huge part of my childhood and then when they ended it didn't signify the end of an era for me. But I will say this book in particular, the way the story of the Deathly Hallows, which is the story of three brothers who were supposed to have met death and they got these three items that are, you know... Signify like you know, sort of these different ways you can try to, you know, escape death or possibly embrace it. Is really and the way that sort of comes together at the end when Dumbledore is speaking to Harry from the beyond the grave, basically, and says like in like you know, and the way he walks through Harry's entire journey and how he come to this, how he came to this point where he was willing to like willingly sacrifice his own life for this 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 cause and to do the right thing, and he says like Harry. You were the master of death because you accepted it, and you like, and that really like had a really impacted me in a way I wasn't expecting. Because it's a, you know that that's an idea that you know I'm, I'm not closer to the end of childhood than I am to death. Hopefully, (laughs) Um, wait, scratch that, reverse it. Yeah, (laughs) but that's 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 an idea that resonates with me like, in my life and like to this day, and will probably going forward for for the rest of my life is the idea that if you are you know if you are aware of the fact that your life eventually ends you're able and you, you don't you don't run from that you don't try to like escape that or like fight that or like obsess over it you just sort of acknowledge it and make it part of your uh your existence you can actually accomplish a lot with that knowledge and that's why i'm getting a deathly hallows tattoo are you really probably not but i do <laughs> but i do know why people do it
3: okay it is
0: a very is a very like intense idea especially to embed in a, yeah. in a in a young adult fiction book and it's basically the like the final like core message of the books is that fearing death is a it causes you to become sort of like weak and selfish and then afraid Whereas sort of like acknowledging it and like understanding it is like what we should strive for be, to be masters of death, like Harry Potter. <laughs> Master of death. So I would say, yes.
1: <laughs> After that really nice monologue, it seems silly to go into pitch time.
0: Yeah, we haven't really, been, really doing been, doing yeah, we haven't been doing okay. that. We've not been doing pitch time. Okay. Well, because the first book, I pitched, I, uh, I pitched a movie where they break into Gringotts. <laughs> because it's like, hey, g- guess what, idiot?
3: <laughs> <laughs> they
0: do that in the seventh book.
1: Well, my pitch time is a TV show where Diggle and Jones, Dursley Defenders, go on adventures with the Dursley family. I want it. I need it on BBC America. Would you get a Harry Potter tattoo? No. (laughs) Oh. Well. I I mean, I... Mainly because I think I've decided when I get a tattoo, if I'm not allergic to all forms of tattoo ink,
3: um,
1: I want it to be very... Specific to my real life. Yeah. So it would be more likely to be something that's real and happening to me, I think, versus fiction.
0: Um, what if we both got tattoos that said always?
1: Nope. Definitely <laughs> not that. <laughs> um, what if we got tattoos that say never? <laughs> mm. never. <laughs> never.
2: It's like I, I've i contemplated getting, getting tattoos. And it's definitely something that I've considered. Because like, it, it is so important to me. And it did like frame a lot of my life. But... Again, I have also skin allergy problems. I um, mean, I <laughs> guess
1: I could get Draco Hermione forever tattooed <laughs> on me. No, I would... Yeah, we did not dig into my fanfic habits. We did not. But, uh,
2: but I, that was your ship of choice. Yeah,
1: I read every Draco Hermione fanfic I could find because it most of the time was just set up for like a rom-com plot. Like it was very much just like, Oh no! They got handcuffed together, and they <laughs> hate each other.
2: Love, love a good, love a good. Tribe. Um,
1: my favorite being, and I will be upset about this to this day, and you both know about this already. Yeah. Um, there was a Harry Potter Survivor crossover <laughs> fanfic where Draco and Hermione both separately got the same idea to go cheat on Survivor to make money, and then as fall wizards? in love. Yeah. <laughs>
0: this is after they graduated.
1: Yeah. This is as adults. They both separately came up with the idea to be like, oh, I can make bank just by like going on this show. And uh, so they both are on opposite tribes and obviously don't interact with each other until the tri- tribes compete for the first time. <laughs> and then they the tribes merge and they form an alliance and they're falling in love. And the author never wrote the last chapter. No. <laughs> so I don't know who won Survivor. I don't know if Ron, uh, uh, if Draco and Hermione stayed together after this like. I don't know what happened and it's going to bother me for the rest of my life. That's why you only read things that are complete. <laughs> <laughs>
0: is, is that the note you wanted to go out on? <laughs> Cause you mentioned earlier that you had like a part of your fandom experience you wanted to. No, it was
1: talking about how like my whole life was built around it and how my oh. childhood ended with it. And it's so important to me. And I'm really, really happy you finally read it. Oh,
0: I'm oh. happy too. Thanks Kelsey.
1: Glad we did this.
0: Special. Thanks. To Dania Bowd of the Weeping Willards for use of their song, Outside in the Rain, from their self-titled album, available now on Bandcamp.
2: Special thanks to Carly Sussman, who designed our logo. You can find her work at carly-rose.com.
0: Special thanks to you, the listener. Download. Keep, keep downloading. You've already downloaded. Keep downloading. Rate. Review. Subscribe. <laughs> Rate. Review. Subscribe. <laughs> Listen to Andrew Ninja Warrior. Yeah. Do that. Co- co-starring our lovely guest and noted wife, Sarah Shepard.
1: Yeah, we have moved to a once a month format, but we're still doing it. We're still working out. We're still getting it done. <laughs> Love
2: it.
0: And I guess for the, for the, probably the final time. The final time? We shall, well. Hmm. There may be other Harry Potter episodes. There may be.
2: Perhaps for the penultimate time.
0: For, for perhaps, for now. For now. For now, let's let's for now let's say, let's say our classic, thematically appropriate sign off.
3: Mischief, Mischief managed. managed. really joe rowling Um, is that helpful i answer to both i i i can't remember the last time i corrected someone when they said rowling in fact america i don't i think everyone thinks i'm jk rowling
1: so i just answer to both rowling is a fairly horrible name anyway so you know some might argue it's improved by by being mispronounced